This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are happy to have you guys along with us, not only here in the audio land, land, but we are also here in real world. I mean, we're right here live on Instagram real live. Well, I think it is. I think Instagram (laughs) is real. Uh, We're out here live on Instagram and we are just going to go ahead and have a wonderful celebration. It is we are celebrating our second birthday here that's, that's at Acquired right. Tastings. We have a beautiful cake. I'm not sure if the people on Instagram can see it, but we'll cut it up here in a few minutes. And we're doing birthday wines. I know it's pretty. It's pretty cool, Dad. So, what is your birthday wine that you're doing? I do, I'm doing Chateauneuf de Pop. It's a 2019 version. And for my size, I've got a simple salmon, and I added some gorgonzola blue cheese. Oh, okay. And I'll talk about why I did that later. And then I have a lamb bolognese ragu with those flat egg pasta. Um, Papardelli. Papardelli, yeah. Papardelli. Thanks, Josh, for filling in the blank there. (laughs) Well, it's pasta, so you know, I've I've kind of know about it. And then the cake. We ordered it from a local um, bakery, and it's our second birthday cake. And I know Josh loves strawberry, so you can't see it from the picture, but it's strawberry. Yeah, I can't wait till we cut into that. For those of you who are following along out there on Instagram, feel free to send us a comment. I'm watching the comments on my computer. We'd love to interact with you guys as we go through the episode. Before I tell you a little bit about my wine that I'm doing, just a little bit of what we're going to do. We're not going to have you on for the whole time over there on Instagram, but we are going to go for about maybe 20, 30 minutes out there on on Instagram. And feel free to throw a comment in. We'd love to interact with you. But we're also going to be, we've got some birthday wishes That's right. from other people who've been on the show before, friends right. of the show. Right. And... We're going to be listening to those and kind of just saying thank you for all that. But while we're doing that, my wine that we're doing is the Chateau Belgraves La Landa Pomerol from 2017. I am very excited about this wine. I love this wine. It's one of the uh, kind of one of my go-tos, especially when I'm celebrating. But the price is such that you can have it more often than just when you're celebrating. Yeah. Chateau Neuf de Pop is a little higher. In price. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my pairings are I have some Merlot Rub Bellaventano. I have a cheddar brat with some sauteed onions. And then I have steak frites, Ooh. which I'm very excited Ooh, about. Sounds good. Well, happy birthday, Josh. Yeah, Dad. Uh, happy birthday. And uh, um, it's crazy yeah. that it's been two years. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it, we started in a crazy time and we thought uh, COVID would be meh, a couple months. Okay, we're going on two and a half years, and uh, like, like uh, maybe I want to say is this is episode one hundred and eight. Now, I know. if you do the math, you know fifty two weeks in a year, you're going to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You should have, you should have done this at one hundred and four. <laughs> well, what happened was a couple of things. When we came out, we did a welcome episode that was just introducing Josh and I. And then that very same week, we did another episode and got that out. And then I think we skipped a week, you know, by whatever reason. And then, you know, we got caught up in 
travel. I travel a lot. Josh took the reins. He went out on assignment in Montana for a few weeks, and he was actually out there when the official date happened. Right. But, hey, it's official. This is Happy Birthday, second anniversary yeah. of Fire Tastings episode. Well, you know, sometimes you don't do your birthday, don't do your birthday on your actual birthday. Sometimes you celebrate a little bit later. So that's well, that's all we're doing. Uh, Joanne's in the back room, so I can tell this story. <laughs> so when we first got married, she couldn't remember my birthday. And my birthday is April 6th. And so on April 4th, I'd get a birthday cake sometimes and presents. And I'd go, <laughs> oh, that's nice. And then she'd go, uh-oh. And then on the 5th, I'd get some stuff. And then on the 6th, I'd get some stuff. And then when Marie was born, our daughter, she was born on September 6th. And I said, now, Joanne, you can probably remember my birthday because we've got the same date as far as the alphanumeric. Both of us are the 6th. Oh, yeah. As long as you remember the month, (laughs) you're good to go. Well, and I hate to say it, but my mother, I had the same problem with that with my mother because her birthday, because of Thanksgiving, sometimes would be on Thanksgiving, sometimes before, sometimes after. Same thing. When Josh was born on the 25th, my mother said, now you can remember my birthday. I'm two days before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, yeah, I've always had an easy time remembering and telling people to remember mine because mine's just one month before Christmas. That's right. That's right. It's that, it's that easy and that simple to uh, figure out. And, um, well, I'm excited to just kind of go ahead and get started if you're if you're ready. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. All right. Well, let's go ahead and dive into it. We're going to start with mine. Well, one thing we need to dive into. Oh, before that. Oh, my gosh. It's oh, been so it's been so long. It, it was so long. <laughs> it's time for the blind. So we, you and this goes back all the way to you and David Timberlake. That's right. When he That's was right. on. You and I did Pim's the the uh, event cocktails last week and we didn't do a blind that week and we didn't reveal the blind. But this week we're going to reveal the blind when I blinded David Timberlake. You know, it's kind of fun to to watch people try to figure it out. You know, I've always watched Josh figure some things out. Well, David was really quick. He goes, oh, this is brown liquor. <laughs> and, then, and then I go, David, can you can you give me a little bit more than that? And he goes, well, um, I think it's Irish whiskey. Yeah. And I said, well... Can you, anything else you want to tell me? I'm thinking he's done, you know. And he said, uh, Timber Dew. And I go, okay, I've had Timber And then we're closing it up, and he says, that's it, I'm done. That's what it is. It's Irish whiskey, Timber Dew. And I, I go, okay. And he goes, wait a minute. There's some, I'm getting some rhinos. And I said, okay, okay. You want to change your answer? He goes, no, no, I'm sticking. I'm sticking with Irish whiskey. Well, in retrospect, I wish he'd kind of thought through it a little bit longer. I mean, because he did it like in two to three minutes. It was the infamous Sweet Liberty rye whiskey that funded him. Okay, and that is a hundred percent rye. And yes, 
It's a brown. Yeah, it's a brown liquor. <laughs> it's a brown liquor, no doubt about that. And guess why he got the 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 rye note? It's a hundred percent rye. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and I'm not laughing, David. I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing that we get tricked. Yep. We decide what it is, and then our brain just shuts down. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Yep. Now his brain opened up and goes, hmm, I'm going to get some Rye Notes, and he closed it back down real quick. Well, I can tell you this, Jordan's going to be upset with you. I know, that was the last drop I had. Well, no, we have been trying to get together with David Timberlake to share with him that whiskey. Well, you still can do that. <laughs> well, we were still, trying to introduce it to him. <laughs> you can still you can still share it with him because he was so quick. Um, I don't really think he gave it a chance. So get with him, share it with him, and he'll get those rye notes. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you guys had a good time with that, and I'm glad, you know, somebody else out there is, is getting to feel the pain of, of blinding with, <laughs> with my dad yeah, sometimes. It was fun, fun having him on the podcast because, you know, he's, as a bartender, you know, he, he knows a lot of things about bartending, and then he knows that when he's on vacation, he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And maybe sometimes he'll, you know, work, work the bartender on their special uh, signature drink, but past that, they'll say, and he said this, you know, I'm on vacation. The guys go, hey, would you make me? And he goes, no, no nope. vacation. <laughs> I will not make you a drink right now. <laughs> I'll give you a beer. There's beer right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's really great. So, uh, well, uh, let's, are you ready to go ahead and kind of yeah jump into jump into the episode? Yeah, let's um, go with it. Well, are we let's starting see, with mine I'm, or yours? I've got Mine in my hand, so, but you want to start, let's start with yours. Okay. We're going to start with mine. So, like I said, mine is the Chateau Belgraves 2017 Lalonde de Pomerol. So, you may have, Lalonde, I may have done this wine before. I know I've done this I one. I can't remember if I've done this one before or not. If I haven't, I'm surprised that I haven't. That that doesn't count. That doesn't matter, Josh, because these are birthday wines exactly. that we want to drink. On our birthday, well, or and AT's birthday. Well, yeah, and that's kind of where I was going with it. Is I'm surprised you don't have bubbles. Well, you know, I've done bubbles a lot. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. Um, Jordan and I were talking about it. And I was like, well, I, you know, I could do champagne again because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of good champagne out there. But mm-hmm. you know, we. She was like, well, why don't you just do a really good red wine? You like to drink really good red wine mm-hmm. too when mm-hmm. it comes to birthdays, and so we. I decided to do this, and I, I almost didn't get this bottle. I almost brought a Gehertzmeiner, which some of you out there who are, you know, you like know, me, know me well, you might be surprised that I don't have a nice cold Gehertzmeiner right now on this mm-hmm. blazing hot day we're having. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is it, like 103, 104 degrees oh, now? I don't know. <laughs> it's ridiculous outside. But anyway, so. Yeah, a lot of it's that heat index. Oh, yeah. But anyway, so we're we're going to talk about the Chateau Belgrave. So this is in a area called Lalande de Pomerom. So that we're in France here. This is on the right bank of France. Okay. Uh, Lalande de Pomerol is the area around a, a even smaller area called Pomerol. Pomerol is known. You need a fun with France 
I do. I do need like I need a Bordeaux. So hold that up my Bordeaux Instagram wrap. people. Well, but it's re- it's a really really small region. I yeah, think it okay. it may be like two square miles. What? Like it's not big at all. Okay. And what it is is this little area. It's like a thumbprint of a particular type of soil. Oh, okay. This iron iron clay soil that they have there. Oh, okay. Uh, Lalonde Pomeral are the regions that are right next to Pomeral. They go right next to Pomeral. So it, you get a lot of the same flavors from a Pomeral uh, that, that you, you do. that, I think I'm getting like limestone. Yeah, so that's that's going to be kind yeah. of some of the soil. Dusty. But, um, you're going to find a lot of the same flavors as you would in a Pomeral. Mm-hmm. But where this is, this was on sale for $29.99. Pomeroles are going to run you starting at about $45 to $60. Okay. So this is a, a deal where you can find a really good wine that's going to have a lot of resonant flavors of something that is a little bit more expensive. Uh, this is a wine that is 88, it's 88% Merlot. Mm. So it's mostly Merlot with a little bit of Cab Franc, just like almost everything we find over there on the right bank. Okay. And it's super delicious. They, Anybody want some? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they would love some. I'm sure they would. Right. They would definitely take now, some. R- remind them about our snacks. That oh, yeah. So, my, is there an order? I mean, we always no. laugh about, no, there's no order. They're um, thinking maybe they start with the cheese, go to the. Go to the well, are you going to tell them what the snacks are? Would you oh, like no, for no. me to? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at the plate. I know you're looking at the plate, but you're telling them what it is. They can see, actually they can see my plate oh, okay. uh, in the shot. Uh, so we have some Merlot Sat Bellaventano. We have a cheddar brat with some sautéed onions, mm-hmm. and we have steak frites okay. um, that I that I made. And I just want to throw out there say thank you, Dave, for the happy birthday. Um, Dave has joined us on. On Instagram, he threw us out there a happy birthday, and we want to thank everybody who's out there watching. It looks like Becky's out there watching. Well, hi, Becky. Dave's out there, and I think Dustin watched for a little bit. So we're excited to have we're excited to have everybody out there join us. And In thank fact, you for the my, birthday my wishes. My friend Nancy told Joanne that uh, listens to the podcast, the Pimps Cup. Yeah, and she really enjoyed it, and she was going to have to get a little tech help to understand how to go on Instagram. So she may pop in on Instagram today. Well, great. We uh. We hope good. Then thanks, mom. Mom, mom throughout said that we're looking good. So <laughs> it's good to know we're we're looking good out there. Thanks, mom, for the for the love, and we love you too. And I know you're going to join us here in just a little bit to yeah. tell us happy birthday and help us cut the cake, so you can uh, and then you can have some. All right. So the snacks. Uh, there's no real order. Just kind of eat it how you want. This is all stuff that I kind of pick because I like to eat it, and I think it's going to go well with the with the wine. So the cheese has a lot of saltiness to it in my book, but that's not bad because, you know, that earthy limestone flavor that I was describing before I took a bite of the, of the cheese just go together. Yeah. I can't say it's a like-like exactly, uh-huh. but just that dustiness, it's, it's not like I'm eating a big old thing of salt and a big old thing of chalk. Yeah. But... They're going together. They sound sound the same. Chalk, salt, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it's working well. Yeah, now, there's, I never thought I never thought about that. Well, there's a lot of like you said. You know, we find that salt. Everything loves salt. Right. Salt's going to make everything taste 
more brighter, a lot better, and kind of wake up all the flavors. Uh, the other thing that goes really well with this Bellaventano is it has an earthy, grassy aspect. Mm-hmm. And the wine has some of that farm, farm barnyard hay mm-hmm. kind of goings on. And that's kind of what matches with with the wine. And I, I mean, I just love it. It's got a great velvety texture. Mm-hmm. The cheese does. Yeah. And it kind of just goes well. You're getting a lot of, you get a lot of black fruits. And you also find a lot of the tannin. A lot of that mm-hmm. kind of extra mm-hmm. little bitterness to it. But it brings out, I think it brings out some great flavor. Good. Now, we talked about kind of where this place is. It's a very small region. So this producer, Chateau Belgrave, uh, is imported by Kermit Lynch. This was actually another one that I I bought first try because of the importer. We've talked about Kermit Lynch before. You know, the American that went over there. He's got a great book out there. So a little bit kind of about this, this uh, winery itself. You know, it started back in the 1800s with Chateau Belgrave. And, you know, they started it then, but it had been making wine since the 16th century, you know, mm-hmm. with the whole month, with the whole property owned by the church and then getting just, you know, taken away from the church and passed out, um, kind of things. And they own their, their vineyard area. This is, this is just going to blow your mind. 16 and a half hectares, okay. which is so small. Mm-hmm. 16 and a half hectares is, let's see, one hectare is roughly two and a half acres. Something like that. So yeah. we're talking mm-hmm. maybe forty acres here. Mm-hmm. That's so. That's not a huge. The huge places in land, and they make about eighty three, eighty three hundred cases of this a year. Wow. Um, they are now. Do they make any wines? No, they do not. Okay. Uh, they only make they only make red wines, and they go through. You know, they follow all the same laws. This is actually, I believe, their entry level. Lalonde de Pomerol that they make, mm-hmm. and then they make two more. They t- make two more levels above it, and they're you like know a crew level. Um, I wouldn't say crew's not the right word, but okay. just kind of you know, you a lot of places have like their best wine, right? And then they have their next best wine, mm-hmm. and then they have mm-hmm. their next best wine. So that's kind of how they okay. do, it. or they'll you know do specific specific barrels or for specific specific types of of leveling and you know they're very hands-on they hand sort they don't do the like the laser sorting like some people do Hmm. they you know invest in in their harvest and they make sure that only the good berries make it through right they mature in french oak in you know the traditional barriques so the the Bordeaux barriques are 225 liters. Oh, okay. That's how big they are. That's kind of one of your standard standard wine barrel sizes. Um, if you ever heard of a Bordeaux barrel, that's mm-hmm. the that's mm-hmm. the measurement. It's 225 liters, and they kind of just hold it off until it's ready. You know, this is a 2017, and you can still, as you taste it, it still tastes fresh. Yeah, like it doesn't taste old, and it's five years old. Okay. You know, I think this is kind of a beginning point for this That's the drinkability right. of this wine. You can yeah. drink them younger. So yeah, in the in the world of wines, they'd say this is drinkable, but if you and Seth, I guess he's not on. He's got things going on with his partner, but uh, Seth would say you buy three bottles. 
Yeah. And definitely, this is the kind of wine that you'd buy three. Yep. You drink one, you put one back, and you save one for another occasion. Exactly. And this is this is that level of wine that we're talking about. And, you know, for only $30 a bottle, it's definitely able to do that. Um, so I also want to say we, we've got another person joining us. I can see... <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks mom it's, we, we really appreciate you coming in and well, showing yeah. us. it's on a little of delay oh, okay. uh, that's why you can't see it but i also want to say tina has joined us and well says happy birthday on oh, the tina. road so uh-huh. we're we're happy for them and you know dave just got a kick out of what you did so mom is there anything you want to say to say before we cut the cake Well, congratulations. What can I get? Congratulations. It's been fun. Um, I'm proud of y'all. You've done a a great job with this. And um, I've always (laughs) wanted to come in and grab your ass. We'll pour you some. Yeah. All right. Well, do you want to go ahead and cut the cake and and get yourself some cake, Mom? And get some wine. So, um, (laughs) I can't even remember. (laughs) I can't even remember what I was saying at that point, but um, well, we appreciate you filling in as you filled in before us, um, kind of as as we are as we're going through. And um, thanks for allowing us to take over your dining room. <laughs> no problem, no problem. It always gives me an excuse to either get out and do something with friends or get something done back in the back of the house. So, happy birthday, and I'll yeah, uh, take my serve piece of cake. Two. Are you ready for cake? Or? No. You know I want a corner. There you go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Back in so, Tina's on the road. Yeah, Tina, I think Tina and Randy are on the road mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're headed... Headed back mm-hmm. toward so Arkansas. She, she, she's watching Instagram driving. <laughs> well, I don't think she's driving. She pro- Randy's probably driving. All right. Well, hi Tina and hi Randy. Yeah. So, uh, see. You were you were talking about that it's like sixteen hectares. Oh yeah, and, and how make... small that actually is. And what part of France did you say it was? I so it's it's it's, it's, it's in the decanter. Part of France is down by the Mediterranean. No, it's in Bordeaux, Dad. Oh, Bordeaux. It's a subregion of Bordeaux. Okay. So anyway, yeah. So it's down. um, Sorry for the feedback, guys. That's (laughs) that's a mom's phone that you're hearing in the background. But she was she was just telling us how happy she was, and uh, thank you. She let us. uh, She's always happy to let us take over the kitchen, the, the the dining space, so she can get some work done. And then you know, there's usually good good leftovers, <laughs> good leftovers for her. But we want to thank everybody for joining us, um, Abby, Ollie, and Jenny. Thank you for the for the birthday wishes as well. When it comes to this wine, you know they they take pride and they take their time in in getting it done, and then they find they find and filter it with egg whites, um, just as as needed. So it's um, it's a great, it's a great wine. What do you think? I think it's a great wine too. And I, I just had the, the brat, and 
the broth doesn't have that sauciness. But again, we talk about fat and red wines like this, how well they go together. Well, not just red, but the fat of this wine, the fat of this sausage and, you know, that earthiness of the wine itself goes very well. Mm -hmm. Now, there's not that chalkiness or that saltiness, but that fat, you know, that's another you know, kind of a like-like pairing. Yeah, definitely. So did we get any uh, comments from anybody that you want to? Well, I've been, I've been talking about them. I've been well, saying I mean, thank we, you. Oh, we got some uh, audios, didn't we? Yes. Give me a second to get those. Yeah. Um, while, while you do that, I'm going to talk a little bit about this wine. Um, it, it's got, it's got some black fruit to it. Yep. You know, it's it's got that blackberry, that black currant, um maybe a maybe a little bit of raspberry. Yeah. But it's it's robust. I mean it's not it's not like a really big cab. And when you said, you know, Merlot, a lot of times you get that pepperness from a Merlot. But I don't get that. I don't get a whole lot of it. I'm sure there's a there's a definitely a little bit there. Yeah. Um and I think that goes that's part of what's going well with that with that sausage. And you said it had cheese in it. Well, I hadn't really encountered the cheese and a lot of times when you get a cheese sausage it's it's hard to find the cheese. <laughs> well, and it's also cooled it's also cooled down. That's right. Which is also part of the part of the reason. But yeah, I know we you asked me about if we have any comments from anybody, uh, we sure do. The first one that I've got ready is from Becky, I believe. So I'm going to go ahead and, and play that message that she left us. Hey, Inquiry Tasting. I can't believe I've been listening to y'all for two years. I look forward to listening every week. Y'all always make me laugh. Thank you, Becky. Well, cheers and thank you very much for that for that wonderful note, Becky. We appreciate you not only being a fan, but you also love to share share what we do. And you also She was on the show. Yeah, you've also been a guest on the show, and we really appreciate you being there as a guest for um for us on the show it's we really appreciate you being there she, for us she taught us how to properly make a mojito <laughs> exactly the proper the proper way. the proper mojito you know and i and uh based on based on her description and she guys she didn't just dream it up she took the bacardi school so she knows the way that bacardi says make a mojito and we've talked about this a number of times, how labor-intensive mm-hmm. it is to really make the mojito correctly, especially if you're going to make a pitcher of mojitos. Mm-hmm. That is a tremendous amount of work because one of the things you do is you take those mint leaves and you tear them. And so here you go, you know, you're counting your mint leaves, you're tearing them, and you're, you're making that mojito in the glass or you're making that mojito in the pitcher. And Becky taught us how. Mm-hmm. She sure did. Now, now Joanne's been on the show. Um, she doesn't have the world's record. 
I think Jordan does, but yep. Joanne's been on the show a number of times while you were gone. She was on the show. We did a family cocktail night. Uh, yeah, was that was that. Uh, Thanksgiving two years ago. Yeah, and uh, I'm trying to think. There was other times she was on the show. I it, cannot. Anyway, she's been on the show several times. She likes to fill in, likes to likes to enjoy the food and the drink. So have you had a chance to have the steak-free tip? I haven't. I haven't. So go ahead and give that a try, and I'll talk a little bit more about yeah, okay. kind of my history with this wine. So I, me- I mentioned once, I mentioned that I, you know, picked this wine based off the um, the importer the first time I bought it. And the, the next time I bought it, I was actually in, uh, it was while I was working in Montana, and I was out to dinner one night at a restaurant in Bozeman called Plunk. Hmm. It's a very wine-centric, wine-centric restaurant. It's so good. And I was able to have a bottle of this, and I had steak with it. Okay. So that was kind of where the idea of this steak frites came. And I kind of made this my own. So I made the, I made the fries, uh, their oven fries, and the seasoning on the steak and the French fries is Gates. <laughs> is Gates rub. So I used Gates rub. This, so it, you get a little bit of an extra spiciness and a, and a sweetness to it. That may not be there if you ever have made steak frites uh, on your own. And the reason I snickered is because um, when we make our ribs, we use Gates Rub. And when we were on uh, the podcast uh, called Straight Cut, and that's a cigar podcast, and um, Aaron is from Kansas City, and so we mentioned Gates, and it's like, Man, we're best buddies all of a sudden. <laughs> well, as they say, you are either a Gates or an Arthur Bryant's person. That's right. And I guess now you got to throw in Oklahoma Joe's. Well, there's others, Bryant's, and I don't have any more. Yeah, there are quite a few. Um, so we also got a note, speaking of other podcasts that we've been on, um, we also got a a message from the gentleman at the uh, Beer Avengers oh, yeah. podcast, so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get that one, get that one up for us to up for us to listen to. This is Captain Porter Brown Stout, and this is the Beer Wonder, and we are the Beer Avengers. Oh, that was sweet. So we should probably go, once again, congratulations on two great years and 
success. Thank you, guys. Yeah, so that was a that was a fun time being on their podcast. We'll have to get you see if we can get you on there because I know you. Uh, I was on it and you haven't. You didn't make a a chance. You hadn't had a chance to get on it yet. Well, Beer Wonder hadn't been on our show. Well, true, but it's the captain been, was. Yep. And then uh, Tina, who you mentioned just a minute ago, who's driving, or not driving, but she's in a car and Randy's driving. Uh, she introduced herself to uh, the Belgian babe and that's how the connection got started with the Beer Avenger podcast and the Acquired Tasting podcast and it doesn't hurt to send people beer (laughs) (laughs) by courier and that's what we did Uh, what the Beer Avenger usually do is they talk totally about beer and there were more than just the two of them at that time and they would have three to four or five beers one from each person well, that particular night, they had four people on the podcast, and they all had the beer that we sent. Yeah, that was really cool that they, they were able, and that was the um, the nighty night from yeah, Lost 40 that we sent a four-pack up there, and they, they seemed to really enjoy it. Well, why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, but what did you think of the steak frites and the wine? Well, again, there's saltiness with those fries, and that Gates, that spice of the Gates brought out that pepper that I wasn't tasting at first. And so it just, this is what I like about tastings is you say, well, I should be tasting something. Right. And then you eat some particular food and then boom, all of a sudden there it is. Yeah. And that's the really neat thing about tasting. Um, it just brings out something. All of a sudden, it just changes. It either changes the food or it changes the wine, and sometimes they'll both change. But, yeah, uh, are we doing best on plate? Uh, of course we're doing best on plate. Okay, well, here's <laughs> one of those times when I'm going to struggle. Yeah, well, I mean, we went to the the everything goes model. Right. Yeah, well, I did that while you were gone. Now we can go back to the standard model that we Oh, no, I meant, I meant when we, so you got to think back when we first started, you know, we'd have like 30 things each to try quite well, but we had quite a few (laughs) more than three (laughs) and, but we decided to go to a model where we would pick things that we would know would go, or we would think would go right and narrow it down a little bit. So not where it's just a, a shot in the dark. Exactly. So that's what me, I mean that, and then you decided to do the whole, uh, um, best on plate piece. So, yeah. While you were gone, I I I didn't want people to be stressed like I usually am. <laughs> <laughs> and so it started with Maggie. It's like you can pick. It's best on plate with that wine, but if you want to cross over, it's okay to cross over. So all of a sudden, everybody's crossing over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a. Uh... That that can definitely that can definitely happen, especially when you have good wine and good food. That's right, and that's with everybody's right. taste buds being different. That's what, yeah, that's what that's what's going on today. Well, cool. Well, I think. Uh, do you want to do one more? Yeah, do one, one more, and then we'll kind of stop the live feed because we've been going for about a over about a half an hour. Oh, okay. So you got right. how many more? Do you have notes from? I have access to three more. Are, 
or any of those three on Instagram? No. Okay, we'll just no. do one more, and I would I would think we ought to just go ahead and jump to Marie. Okay, I don't have access to Marie's. Huh? Not on my computer. So anyway, we'll do this one. This is from this is from Nate. Nate sent us a uh, message as well. These last two years have been difficult for everyone, especially the beginning when um, I was stuck in my New York City apartment, listening to you guys talk about new cocktails to try and travel and just shoot the shit uh, really helped make the last two years bearable for me, so I I thank you very much. Um, You've also got me experimenting with cocktails. I have a little bar in my living room now where I'm making concoctions and um, trying things you suggest on the podcast, so I uh, appreciate that. Um, so, congrats on this two-year milestone, and I hope that cheers. You know, and that's kind of Nate. Kind of brought up what it was about for us when we started. You know, Nate, we really appreciate your message, and we appreciate how long you're listening. I'm really happy to know that we were able to help people during that that COVID time where it was tough and, you know, a lot of people had it not only just tougher because, you know, they may have had more family have issues than we have, but also just people were more stuck than we would. And that's kind of what we were, what we wanted to do was to bring some of that, that ability for you to escape a little bit and create these experiences where you don't feel like you're alone. So, right. I really appreciate knowing that, you know, we were successful. We were successful in that. And those that listen to that podcast, that's the same one that Becky was on. uh, She taught us about the mojito. And what Nate taught us about is a new product that hadn't made it to Arkansas yet called Sunboy. Yep. It's a coconut water spritzer. Or is that right? Spritzer. Cocktail. It's a cocktail in a can. Yeah, it's a cocktail in a can. Okay. So, and he, <laughs> he's he got this bar. His name is Nate Tate. And he has this bar that looks like a robot. And it's called N8T8. <laughs> Nate Tate. That's pretty cool. So, I've got another one. Let's see if I can get it to play here. Is this the one from Marie? Hey, Dad. Hey, Josh. Hi. Congratulations on two years with Fire Tastings. It's been so much fun listening to you guys, being on shows, and, um, you know, sharing my collection with you and drinking along the way. Keep up the great work. I'm super excited for more episodes and to be on well yeah marie so marie is tied for second second most guests yeah that we've had it's good to good to hear that from her so well we want to go ahead and thank all of you who have been here with us on instagram we're going to continue the episode and so you'll get to come back on thursday to see or yeah thursday yeah, here in a couple days all. to uh, hear the episode and see how it goes. So 
I'm going to go ahead and get up and stop the... I'm going to put it on pause. Okay. All right. So thank you for continuing on with us. And uh, Dad, let's go ahead and switch over to yours. Okay. Chateauneuf de Pop is my wine. So 2019. And its ABV is 15.5. So it's up there. And then uh, I have a simple salmon. And what simple means is this is olive oil, salt and pepper, uh, salt, and a little garlic pepper. Kind of give it a little zing. And then I did this lamb bolognese ragu. And I think you're really going to like this, Josh. And then the cake. Have you tried the cake yet? No, I've been saving it for uh, oh, okay. well, for, the, for the pairing. It's not necessarily my pairing, but... Uh, well, yeah, you 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 got this thinking from about your wine. Okay, okay, and it's a cake. So this is a a French wine, just like yours, but it's in a area uh, that's more uh, toward uh, the Mediterranean Sea. It's no, a- not true. Huh? It's more east. It's more easterly. But I don't know if it's close. Well, yeah, I guess it is technically closer to the. Sorry, I was thinking. I was thinking. I was wrong. You don't have to turn your <laughs> monitor and show me. I've got a pretty good. I started thinking about that for a second. I was like, no, that's not right. That's not right. Uh, it's called Valcruz, France. Is that right? Located in Valcruz. Okay. It's uh, it's really. A complex wine. I'm not sure how many different grapes they use. What, there are up to like 26 allowed grapes in Chateau Neuf du Pop? Yeah. And, of course, the primary grape is Grenache. And I don't even know. I, I could look it up, but I didn't care to. I, it, it's it's the main grape, and it's probably, I want to say it's over 50%, but I don't know. It's a lovely wine. And you serve it around 62 or so degrees. So it's that cellar temperature. Uh, you you smell it and you're getting that fruit. I mean, you're getting those, again, you're getting the black cherry, the black berries. But with this one, you also get a bunch of earth. Yeah. You also get a, a nice bit of earthy undertone. It's very much a more... Like fresh turned earth, straw, and then there's more red fruit than other fruits back there. There are some other like darker fruits, but it's definitely fresh or kind of cooked red fruits. So I turned the page, Josh. Ninety percent Grenache, and five percent Shiraz, and five uh, percent. This just says three grapes. So. Well, so that's the thing is there are up to I think. I think it's twenty. I think it's twenty-three allowed grapes in uh-huh. Chateau Neuf du Pop. Uh-huh. Right. The majority of it is Grenache, Shiraz, and Movedra, the GSM. Yeah. Okay. GSM. That that's exactly right. So it's it can be they can use other grapes. Yeah. As long as it's in the in the allowable list, but majority it's Grenache, Shiraz, and Movedra. And their formulas on that vary from winery to winery. Okay, okay. And what the food pairing says is it's like poultry, stew, game, such as venison, 
another place is listed the lamb, and that's why I wanted to try this lamb ragu. Mm-hmm. And then it talks about the heavy cheeses, so I just kind of threw in that gorgonzola at the end because my plate. I had the salmon on the plate, and there's like nothing else on the plate, so it's like, okay, cut a little gorgonzola. Yeah. And well, I think that heavy cheese is going to go well. Well, you know, we talk about it, we've talked about it before, you know, what grows together goes together. When if you kind of look at where Chateau de Pop is, it is, it is inland. It's not coastal. Mm-hmm. Um, it is down in more of a farming or hunting kind of region that's near some forests yeah so when you're thinking when you when you were going through what what are the things that that go with it i'm thinking well that makes sense you know these people were probably you know they hunted game probably game available raise some lambs raise lamb wait raise cow raise cattle goat probably so know, it, but. it makes a little bit more sense that some of those bigger bigger things are going to go with it. I'm actually also going to try it with the sausage because I'm sure yeah because it 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 mentions the the meats all those meats okay that would go with this wine. I I think your plate would go well with the wine. So don't be ashamed to cross over. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think that cheese sausage, that that steak, fries, and and the what's the name of the cheese you brought? Bella Ventano. Bella Ventano. Mm-hmm. It probably is not as good of cheese matching as the gorgonzola, but I hadn't tried the gorgonzola yet. Mm-hmm. I'm just guessing here. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead and get a little bite. I mean this this wine is is definitely it's definitely. Got a lot of ripe fruit notes. Mm-hmm. The uh, there's not a whole lot of tannin to it, but I'm getting a lot of like, like I said, you know, a little bit more red fruits and even some of the like purple fruits, like mm-hmm. blackberries or plums. Mm-hmm. But they're all very ripe. They're not a whole lot of like, it's not like really cooked or underripe. It's very very fruity in the mouth. You're going to have to try that gorgonzola. I mean, it makes, by itself, it, it's going to make your mouth, that goat cheese, it's going to make your mouth pucker. And then you're going to put that wine with it. And that wine's going to open it up. At least that's what it did for me. And then that wine doesn't take over, but it it adds that fruitiness to that gorgonzola goat cheese, or uh, blue cheese. I said go blue cheese, and they're just you know, what grows together goes together. Well, this gorgonzola does not grow. No, I know it's Italy. It's Italy. I was going to say okay. it's Italian. I, I know, but I, I'm just saying. I don't know if you on the podcast with uh, David. I, I laughed and I said we put goat cheese on the plate. Boom. Well, I mean, goat cheese has a lot of things which which work well with beverage, uh-huh. acid, creaminess. And, you know, for me, in the way that I, the way that I'm tasting this, it kind of, it kind of, it kind of takes over. 
The goat cheese did? The, the gorgonzola. gorgonzola. Oh, it did at first. Mm. It's still taking over. Mm. Like, it's still all over. But I'm not a huge blue cheese fan, and you are. So that is another difference of of just palate, uh, just straight palate differences. Okay, go go try the ragu. I'm gonna use the Belventano to try and get that uh, funk <laughs> out of my mouth first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so have you had this? Have you had this one before? This particular. Okay, I did this before on the podcast. I'd have to look it up as to why. But here's what I'm thinking. There's a book that we read in the book club. The Man from Moscow. The Gentleman from Moscow. The Gentleman from Moscow, that's right. And he loved that wine. I'm, my pointer finger is coming out, and Instagram can't see it because we turned them off. But he loved that wine, and what he made, is um, Josh? How do you pronounce it? Bola base or Bula base? Bula base. Bula base. Bula base. Bula. Anyway, like buya without the a. Bula base. But it was a fish. Yeah, it's a fish too. Fish too. And that's why I said, okay, let's try the salmon on there. But this, but the stew that he made was so complex mm-hmm. that this salmon can't can't come close to compete. Well it's 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 different. It's completely different. You know, salmon is a so salmon and tuna in my in my head, and I don't eat fish. This is just me and pairings and mm-hmm. I guess you could say food theory. Um salmon and tuna are kind of very different than other fish. Mm-hmm. They have more. They have more fat to them. More texture. They have a different, just a different flavor. It's kind of mm-hmm. like almost like kind of like the difference between a like beef and a lamb. But they're both red meat, but they taste so different. There are certain things about them, but but it, it, they just seem very different. In a bouillabaisse is uses a lot of the lighter fishes and a mm-hmm, lot of mm-hmm. herbs and a mm-hmm. lot of uh, vegetables, fennel, those sorts of things to bring out a lot of different flavors. Yeah, it's like a cod, white fish, those kinds of fishes. Yeah, and this, but, you know, salmon being its own self. But I think salmon would kind of work with this. Oh, it does. It, But it's not going to be a bouillabaisse. No. Very not a bouillabaisse. What was the other thing that they ate? Um, in that book, it was the bird. Remember, they did the little bird. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like squab or. I can't or, remember or, what it was, but you eat the bones and everything. Like it's legal to it's a, illegal to make now, because I think the bird is actually endangered. Yeah, I don't know if it's pigeon or what. <laughs> What's well, it he was pigeon? sequestered in that. In it that wasn't. Hotel. It wasn't pigeon. Well, I, I know no, it wasn't, but it was he was a, sequestered in that hotel. So, what? Okay, so he couldn't get it, but what's you know what's the cook gonna go out and get? Well, you got to remember that was the same that was the same thing with making the bouillabaisse. They had a hard time finding particular things, but they were right. able to find them through the black market. Okay, so for those of you who have not read this book, 
a little backstory. So this gentleman who is a, I would say a high level person of Russian descent. And he is in a hotel. I don't know that he was. Well, he, he, yeah. I don't know that he was part of the oligarch. Well, this was before the oligarchy. It was before the oligarch, but he had fallen from grace. So he no longer, he no longer lived in Russia. He was at this hotel in, well, no, he moved, he, he had, he had been sent out of Russia. So he'd been educated in France and German, well, Prussia at the, at the time of the book. But he goes back for some reason, and then the and then the Bolshevik Revolution happens, and he loses everything. So then he has then he's living and working in this hotel in the restaurant because he has such a good wine knowledge, and he has to do something. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where the the basis of the book is, and why we're talking about all this food thing and the scarcity of things, because because it's kind of at the beginning of the Bolshevik Revolution. But anyway, this lamb ragu, by the way, is delicious. Tell us, how, tell us what you did with this. Okay. So, you can't get lamb shank unless you order it. We need to talk about sourcing. Hmm? I you know. and I need to talk about sourcing off recording. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, it's the T-bone. But, uh, and then you, I cut everything off T-bone. I seared them. Uh, and then, <laughs> I told Josh... I use I use my Boy Scout, my, the Dutch oven, Dutch the lo- oven. your lodge, my, my, lodge Dutch my, oven, my Boy Scout Dutch oven. But anyway, I cooked them, just rendered them down a little bit, just a little oil, salt, and pepper, and then I just started adding the tomato base and the and those kinds of things, and a little bit of carrot. This recipe's kind of crazy because instead of celery, he uses broccoli stalk yes where did you get this recipe it's just the plain old internet <laughs> okay okay all well right. i'm definitely I'm tell the, this is not a true italian recipe well I'm, I'm 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 with the guy because you know you go get a celery stalk and it's like it's, it lays in the refrigerator forever but anyway and then onion and then garlic and all those tomatoes and all, you know, the paste and the tomato sauces and put it in that Dutch oven for two hours at 350. Otherwise, you're going to cook it in your your big cast iron skillet for like seven or something like that. But, man, all those flavors just get melted together and... Josh and I both love lamb, and lamb's one of those things that if you don't like it, you don't like it. Then Joanne doesn't like it. Don't like it. You may have never had it prepared well either. And I get like with lamb chops that they, you know, they need to be cooked, you know, medium rare at the most. Mm-hmm. Medium, well, medium at the most. But for a lot of people who don't care for particular flavors in lamb, it could just be the fact that it's at medium rare or below but braised lamb is so different mm-hmm. it's such it brings out such a different flavor in the in the meat that gaminess is gone but you just have that wonderful bright rich earthiness mm. and it goes really well with the wine 
And I think what helps bring it together is the tomato. Mm-hmm. The acidity of the tomato that with that earthiness of the of the lamb and the ragu, it just kind of it it works and what it brings out in the wine is it brings out the fruit mm-hmm. of the of the wine. And I'm getting a lot more like raspberry, strawberry mm-hmm. kind of flavors. Even maybe like even some like blueberry, like the summer berry kind of mixed feel. Okay, speaking of strawberry. The cake in this is delicious. I did that while you were telling us about the wine. <laughs> As you can see, I've destroyed my half piece of cake. My half corner of cake. Oh, now, okay. funny story. I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you eat, and I have a great birthday cake story. So Last year, so like we talked about at the beginning, my birthday is always around Thanksgiving. And so there were some issues that were going on with the family where we couldn't end up having our big birthday celebration like we normally or our big birthday celebration with my grandmother and myself at Thanksgiving, like we always do. And so so my mom had had ordered a half. I think it was a half a sheet cake. That's a quarter. I think it was a half sheet cake. She had ordered a half sheet cake already and already picked it up. And, you know, we had this issue happen. So we couldn't all get together and we knew we weren't going to get together. So before Thanksgiving, all of the cousins got together to help celebrate my birthday. And also just so that we could all get together before some who were not going to be at Thanksgiving were leaving town. Right. And. I knew that this cake wasn't going to be used again. Like it wasn't going to go out. Like, it, I mean, it was going to be eaten, but it wasn't going to be like, Oh, I remember this. Didn't need to be uh, <laughs> kept. Um, didn't, it's integrity did not need to be kept. So <laughs> what I did, it was, so it was, there were, let's see, two, four, six, six. eight, eight or nine people or eight to 10. No, uh, Jeremy Nelson didn't come down. So it was eight people. All your cousins. Well, Jeremy Nelson didn't come down. Okay. So it was there were eight of us. Everybody's your cousin. No. Well, well I mean, there, I mean spouses. There, there is spouses, and Marie was there. You know, right. my girlfriend was there. Jordan was there with us. So, <laughs> what I did was I said, "Who wants what?" No, because everybody has a specific type of piece that they like when it comes to cake. I'm a corner person. I love the corners of cake. Because I love icing. Mm -hmm. Some people don't like the icing. Some people want the flowers because this one had like decorations on it. And we literally just cut the pieces that people wanted. We destroyed it. We didn't destroy it. We ate it. We enjoyed it. Had that come to the the regular family Thanksgiving event, everybody would have looked at that cake going, what happened? Did Lexi the dog get a hold of this? And it, but here's the thing: it's like corners are cut off, the middles cut off. Well, yeah, so sides are cut off. It's like what happened? Well, here's the thing: is we knew it wasn't going to go to the thing, well, so right. we ate it how we wanted it. I all four corners were taken. Right. Somebody wanted the flowers. Right. Uh, somebody wanted a side but not corner piece. And then one person wanted the, they said, exact center. I want the exact center. So I said, okay. And I cut out the exact center of the cake and gave it to him. And it was a good old time, but, you know, it was just, it was funny because that's how we, uh, you know, we ate the cake. And it was actually a, 
is actually a strawberry cake. Yeah. yeah. I love strawberry cake. And, and my mom always complains because the day is not strawberry season during my birthday. No. <laughs> so or now. She will. Well, it's still United it's, States it's, strawberry season. It's still a good one. It's not Arkansas strawberry so season. So do you have any more um, audios? Um, I don't think so. I think that was it. So I had Becky's. I had, uh, yeah, that was it. I had Becky's from the, from okay. them. Yeah, that was, that was all I had. Okay. But yeah, so it's, um. So I think we're coming up on best on plate. Oh yeah. Best on plate. Best uh, on plate. You can start while I continue to shove the ragu in my face. Well, I'm just going to jump to the chase. <laughs> the ragu is number one on, on my list for the Chattanooga box. Okay. I mean. How can you go wrong with lamb? Just, you know. Yeah. I mean, we could have seared those up and they'd have been tough and that's how you go wrong with it, but not like this. It's marinated and yes, there's a a cup of wine in it. So, it's marinated and cooked for two hours. So, it's tender. So, now, best on your plate with your wine. Man, I'm struggling here. <laughs> well, talk through it. Talk about each one and figure it out. Well, the cheese, I started with the cheese, and the cheese is darn good. Let's just put it this way. All three of them are darn good. So it's just pick one. I'm going to pick the steak. And fries, because like I said earlier, when I ate those, something new happened. Okay. Because that, what I said was, all of a sudden, that Merlot pepper that I hadn't tasted with any of the others came out. Okay. So that's the best on your place for me. Uh, can I have... Shut up. Um myself a little bit more while I talk about this. Okay, so for me, I think the cake was delicious. Mm-hmm. I think the cake, this is from Community Bakery here in town, mm-hmm. is that right? Mm-hmm. I think the cake was great. I think it went really well with the wine. I think the ragu went really well with the wine. Um, it's hard to decide, but if I had to pick, like, what would what do I want to eat more of? I want to eat more of the cake and the wine together so oh, for really? me not the ragu. yeah for me it's the cake you and I, the I, ragu. I know i don't know if it's just i want more sauce um i don't know if i want more tomato I don't, i'm not sure why like what the thing is I, but there's something about that strawberry cake in the sweetness mellowing some of that fruitiness of the wine that worked that just was fantastic to me i just had the gorgonzola i'm gonna change my answer you can't. It's already done. It's already done in history. No, edit, no editing anymore. That's it. That's it. It's that's, done. That's what happened to David, David on, on the bond. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to agree with you on the, for mine, the, the steak frites mm. was the best pairing with the Pomerol that spicy, sweet, funk, you know, flavor plus the meat flavor went mm-hmm. really really well with this wine and mm-hmm. i'm very very happy about that not to say that anything was bad no uh, every every pairing was good so i think uh i think it was great i think the least pairing 
was the salmon. I, you know, I'm going to have to go back to the gentleman in Moscow and find that recipe. And Joanne won't need a drop of it. <laughs> of that fish stick. You just have to do it when Marie's around. So you exactly. Marie, you and Marie can have bouillie base. Exactly. We'll do and it. And wait till it gets cool outside. Cause... Oh, gosh. Exactly. Speaking of soups, you know, I think, I think your wine would go well with a, like a cold tomato de- gazpacho. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that would, I think that would work well. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this: the brat in the Chateau de Pop is amazing. I didn't even try that. But well, while you try that, we'll go ahead and pause and get the blind poured up. Don't you think? Okay, I will. All right. Okay, I've got Josh poured up. All right, so Dad has a blind poured up for me. Um, he did tell me that this wine has been open for a couple days. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Um, so this wine is a pink wine. There is no evidence of gas or any kind of sediment in it. It is a light pink color. Um Almost, look at that. It's almost kind of bordering on a salmon, on a salmon pink color. There's a little bit of kind of orangey tinge to it, but it's definitely focused on the pink variety. Okay. Uh, The wine smells clean. Doesn't smell like there are any particular um, flaws in the wine. If it helps you go with the strawberry cake. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, uh, there's no real kind of flaw to it. It is, it's kind of cold. Um, so I'm going to warm it up just a little bit. It smells of like under, it smells underripe. Um, so almost like a white strawberry or a white cherry kind of smell. It smells, it's going to sound weird. It smells a little acidic, um, but not in a way of citrus, more of an underripe kind of um, a feeling there. It is I'm getting some kind of like stone, limestone, uh, chalky kind of smell. And uh, there's also some like white or rose um, flower on the smell. Wine's clean. Uh, acid is medium plus to high. Alcohol seems seems kind of low or low-er. Uh very lean kind of texture initially, just kind of runs straight through my mouth. And yeah, body's lean. Um, not really getting any phen- phenolic bitterness on this. Confirming the same stuff I talked about with the nose. Man, the acid, the acid is high. Sorry, you can probably hear like the, like my mouth is watering really hard. Yeah, it's a, And it's, it's hard to, it's, it's hard a- to talk and not have those mouth noises. Which I know are not pleasant to hear. Um, I'll, I'll edit most of that out. Oh, no. but, uh, it can't, it can't really help. But, that's why uh, I said eat some some of that strawberry cake. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to over sugar my palate here. Uh, but the fruits are very very similar to what I was saying: white cherry, underripe strawberry, underripe raspberry. It's definitely colder than it should be. Um, chalky kind of limestoney, mm-hmm. limestoniness. Um, when it comes to the earth, there are some white flowers and some roses, kind of rosy 
rosy flowers in this. So obviously this is a rosé wine. Um, this is, I'm, it's hard to say because you can do a thicker skin grape and less uh, time on the juice. Mm-hmm. Less time on the skin when it comes to the actual variety of this. So you want me to try and get down to variety here on this okay. rosé? What do you want me to get to on this rosé? So, old school or new school? Okay. I mean, old world, world, new world. I knew what you meant. Old world or new world. You don't need to, I don't know how you get to variety. I mean, the only way I could get to some sort of guess of variety is based on the location that I think this wine is coming from. Mm -hmm. But even then, I could, you know, just be wrong. It is really good. What'd you say about the earth? You said something about it's just. I mean, the only thing stone. I'm the only thing I'm getting in the way of minerality is it's uh, kind of chalky and, mm-hmm. and a limestoney kind of flavors. So would that say old world or new world? Well, it's hard. No, because you can get that in both places. Yeah, you can get the alluvium fan over in uh, new world. Well, and it's it's not just it's not just the alluvium fan. It's just the Okay, it did me dirty on my first one back doing a rosé. Um, okay, here we go. I did you dirty? Yes. Oh, man, what'd you want, Bubbles? Rosés are not testable. Um, <laughs> so, so when I drink rosé, I, and, and I, haven't, I haven't had rosé in a while. Um, anyway, let's go, ahead, let's go ahead and go down to this. Um, I think, so I think this is more old world style. Um, I think with the pronounced acidity the pronounced it was a pronounced of the uh, minerality here and some of the fruit characteristics i'm going to kind of lean toward this being old world now where um i don't think it's france not france i don't think it's italy i don't think it's germany i don't think it's spain okay so i'm down to france and austria because I know there's some real, I mean, I've done them on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, some really good Austrian rosés that are out there. Um, but. Stick with what you know. Well, and that's the thing is, that, like I said, I haven't had a lot of, I haven't had a lot of rosés lately. So I'm, I'm trying, it's, it's taken me a little bit longer to get to that recall file back there with the, my, uh, my rosés. It, it, it want like I want to say, like I want to say it's a Provence rosé because I know Ma, you and Mom love Provence rosés, uh, which would be Carignan based most likely. But there's not there's some finesse that's almost missing here. I remember a couple of days ago you had an Austrian rosé in your wine rack, and I'm not looking at your wine rack to try and figure out if it's still there or not. Oh, okay, let me taste this again. Color. You know what? I'm just going to stick with it. I think this is a Provence rosé. Um, so rosé from Provence, France, which is in the south of France. With it being that is most likely going to be a Carignan-based um, rosé. Okay. So you're going to have to come back next week as we continue on into our journey of acquired tastings post two-year celebration to find out whether I'm right or if Dad got me again on the wine. So, um, next week will be a, are we going to do a beer week or we want to do another wine week? 
I think it's beer week. All right, beer week. What do we want to do for beers, Dad? Uh, what about uh, Pilsner? I'm thinking about a Czech Pilsner. Okay, so we want to do Pilsners. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Well, next week we're going to be doing Pilsner-style beers. Uh, Dad will be doing one from Czech, so probably Pilsner or Kale uh-huh. um, or something like that. And I think I'm going to try and find a local Pilsner. Um, I think we've got a couple of local Pilsners out that I can do either from Lost 40 or from Flyway yeah. that we can give a try. And if not, I'll find another Pilsner out there to uh, to go ahead and share on the show. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, awesome it's gonna next week. Yeah, it's gonna be great, and uh, we appreciate all of you out there in podcast land. It was well, great. Thanks. Yeah, thanks to everyone that got on Instagram and uh, yeah, gave a little looky loo. Yeah, it was really cool to have you guys on uh, Instagram to see. If you liked that, if you think it was cool, let us know. Dad and I have been in discussions about moving this to possibly not only being an audio format but more of a visual format. We'll see how this works. Um, so let us know what you think in the comments on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, that video is for those of you who may not have been able to make the video. The video is out there on our Instagram page. Remember, we're Acquired Tastings on Instagram. If you want to send us an email? We're Acquired Tastings at Gmail dot com. If you like what we're doing, we would love for you to give us a like, follow, and a rating on your favorite podcast platform. If you really like what we're doing, ratings are what allow us to be seen and that kind of interaction. So give us a rating on whatever podcast platform you use. And if you don't use, if you want to jump on another podcast platform and give us a rating there too, that would be awesome. So send us an email. Bartasting at gmail.com. Yep. Dad loves dad loves the email. So uh, we really appreciate y'all being here. And once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. And goodbye.